0: It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears back in the saddle again. I'll be here all week for the next two weeks and a half, at least. If Bellerman doesn't fire me, I'm back. Thanks to T.J. Walker filling in uh, on the show on Wednesday. Tony Burke filled in on Thursday. I appreciate those guys stepping up, helping me out a little bit. On the road with the Bellarmine Knights. Um, look, I'm loving this gig. I do. I like it a lot. Love the players. Love the coaching staff. Having a great time. Bellarmine's 4-15. and 15. They just are. A lot of injuries. Can't, uh, win close games, a lot of, a lot of factors here and it's fun to do. I'm really enjoying it, but I spent the last five days in Florence, Alabama and Conway, Arkansas. Help me, Dave. Dave Reichel on the other side of the uh, concrete here. Welcome to the show. It's good to be back. It's good to be in the chair. I did miss my St. X Tigers win their first Lit since 1965. I was one year old the last time they won the Louisville Invitational Tournament. So congratulations to Kevin Klein and the boys. I think we have uh, high school basketball on the Big X Friday. St. X at Mail, one of the teams they beat in the Lit. So that should be fun. I don't know if it's on the Big Axe or one of our other networks, but I will let you know before the week is out. It is Martin Luther King Day. Happy MLK Day. Happy uh, holiday to all those government workers and school teach whoever's off today. Happy MLK Day. And uh, you know what? If you're working, happy MLK Day to you too. It's Monday, January 15th. M&M Carnage hotline's open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. That's 502-414-1450. I know it's cold outside. Brrr, it is really cold outside. But if you want to get colder, you can visit Thornton's for a 32-ounce fountain drink or smaller for only 89 cents. Guess what? I got mine today. I got out of the car, put the hoodie up over my head, took my dollar into the, uh, into the Thorntons, got my my uh, fountain drink. You can do the same for only 89 cents. Come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thorntons and hit me up on the Thorntons text line 502-414-1450. NFL playoffs still underway. This is still super wild card weekend. Um, it extends into the holiday, I guess. I don't know if that was intentional, but it does. The, um, Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys, right? Looking for a new coach? Question mark. We'll get to that. The Detroit Lions win in a playoff game. First playoff game ever at Ford Field and Ford Field has been around for a while. And Matthew Stafford lost another playoff game in Ford Field. So congratulations to the Detroit Lions. Um, I think Mike Rutherford's team, Detroit Lions, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Houston beat Cleveland. Houston walloped Cleveland. Who won that trade? Remember that trade? Deshaun Watson goes from Houston to Cleveland for a whole lot of draft picks and a whole lot of. Capital and a whole lot of players. And they, he cost a whole lot of money to the Browns. And he didn't play due to injury. And he did hug C.J. Stroud, the new, the new Houston quarterback, after the game, 45-14. to 14. So, congrats to Houston. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, by the way. We found that out very quickly on Saturday evening. I watched that one on the bus trip back home from Conway, Arkansas. On the old Peacock. The uh, first game streaming only on Peacock. In the first uh, playoff game. If you didn't have Peacock, sorry. You missed it. You didn't miss a lot. 26-7. If you didn't show up for that game, don't feel bad. The Dolphins didn't show up either. And we got two more games tonight. Starting at 4.30. It was supposed to be yesterday. And then the winter Armageddon snow hit Buffalo, and they moved it to the day, to today. The governor said, hey, we can't do this. This is crazy. And immediately the NFL said, okay, but we're not going to delay it two days. By gosh. I mean, we don't care if there's a tornado or a hurricane or earthquake. We're not delaying this football game again. 430 today, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I saw pictures today of normal fans helping out the community in Buffalo, shoveling snow at the stadium. And there was a lot of it. And some of the pictures I saw from yesterday, good thing they didn't have the game because we weren't going to be able to see it on television. You remember the Fog Bowl in Chicago, playoff game, Philadelphia and Chicago? I know Trevor Kelsey remembers this. Back in the day, uh, it was – Randall Cunningham, I think, for the Eagles. And the commentators they had no idea what was going on. I don't know, it was Dick Stockton maybe? Vernon Lundquist? I don't know who it was. They had no idea. They couldn't see it out on the field. Cameras couldn't pick up what was going on. Nobody at home watching had any idea what was going on because they couldn't see it and neither could the announcer, so they couldn't tell us what was going on. That's what we would have had yesterday had Buffalo and Pittsburgh play. Blinding weather. But they'll play at 430 today. Buffalo's a 10-point favorite. I've already given you my picks. By the way, the six-pack is 2-2 two and two so far. Scooter, however, 3-1 and one so far in his picks. I've got Pittsburgh today, plus the 10. I don't necessarily like it, but I got it. And I got Philadelphia minus 3 tonight. 8:15, the Eagles in Tampa to take on the fighting Baker Mayfields. That one's on ESPN. Philadelphia's a three-point favorite. I don't like the game at all. I took Philadelphia in a six-pack. Full disclosure, I just went over and bet Tampa Bay. There you go. Sometimes you change your mind. I'm going to stick with the six-pack here on the show and give you Philadelphia minus three. But full disclosure, I didn't bet it that way. So... If you're off today, great, because you got college basketball already underway. Ohio State and Michigan, two to two, two minutes in, by the way. Um, there are, there's a two thirty game on Fox, Villanova Marquette, Ohio State, Michigan's on Fox right now, if you uh, so desire. So you got college hoops all day. You've got the NBA all day. This is kind of like Christmas for the NBA. They have games all day long starting at 1 o'clock. There are five day games, six evening games in the association. So you can find hoops today. You can find football starting at 4.30. And isn't that really what holidays are all about? They're not about gift-giving or, uh, you know, resurrections or Enjoying the pilgrims on November, late November or Easter eggs for your kids. They're about sports. Let's be honest. That's what it's about. Christmas Day this year. You had NFL games and NBA games on Christmas Day. MLK Day, no different. NBA all day, college hoops all day. And I think it's a great thing that we got two, not just one, two NFL playoff games. I'm glad they moved that Buffalo game because I didn't get in trouble at home yesterday. I did not get in trouble. My wife was in India for 10 days. She came back. Two days later, I leave for a uh, Bellarmine Road doubleheader. I'm gone Wednesday until early, early Sunday morning. That bus got in about 3 a.m. So what do I want to do Sunday? I want to watch football. But you know what? We'll do whatever you want to do, dear, until 4:30 until 4:30. But if Pittsburgh and Buffalo had played yesterday, I was going to want to watch football from one o'clock until that last game finished at about 11:30. That's not a very good husband, never claimed to be. But they, they did me a solid. The NFL and the governor of New York did me a solid. Let's move the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game to 4.30 on Monday. Oh, thank you so much. I am going to talk some college hoops. It is time now to start paying attention to the net rankings. They don't mean anything early in the year. They don't mean a whole lot. When, Jan- when the calendar turns to January, but we're halfway through the month now. MLK Day. You kind of know if your team is in, Kentucky, if your team is out, Louisville, or if your team is in the middle somewhere, it could go either way, Indiana. So it's time to start paying attention to the net rankings because they mean a lot In seeding, they mean a lot in whether or not your team is on or off the bubble. Kentucky is 18th now, even after that road loss at Texas A&M in overtime. It turns out that's not going to be a bad loss. It's not. It's going to be a quad one loss when all is said and done. Louisville, 235. Not good. Not good. Indiana, 97th. Mm, It's not a number you want to be. If you're on the bubble, 97 is not a good number. But, again, plenty of time in the season. The Hoosiers with a nice win on Friday night at home against Minnesota. You got to win that game. And they did. They took care of business. Alabama's fourth in the net rankings. Alabama. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. They are unranked in the Associated Press top 25. Now, maybe they jump in there today. We had a crazy week of college basketball. Before I left for North Alabama, Nick Saban was still the coach at Alabama. Bill Belichick was still the coach of the New England Patriots. And all of these top 25 teams hadn't lost. When you go on the road, and I've said this ad nauseum, when you go on the road in conference play, it does not matter where you're ranked, what your record is. It is going to be a struggle. Kentucky went on the road, down eight at Florida, came back and won. Great win. Not a good win, a great win. They came home. They held serve against Missouri. Didn't play particularly well. But at home you play better. The crowd gives you life and this just in the officials are a factor as well. When you're at home you get calls. When you're not at home, you don't get calls. Ask Kansas when they lost to Central Florida last week this week. You don't get calls when you're on the road. It's it's human nature by officials, I think. They're affected by the crowd. They're affected by the venue as much as anybody. They just are. It's human nature. Calls are made that are bad calls. And I'm not going to talk about the LIT and the bad call, but Sanex St. still won it, so whatever. <laughs> but number one lost. Here, here's, an, here's the thing that I don't understand. Houston lost twice this week. Twice. On the road both times. At TCU. And where did they lose most recently? Or before that. They lost at Iowa State. Both games on the road. In the Big 12. Again. Brutal when you go on the road. It's brutal. They lost twice this week. They are still number one in the net rankings. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but they are number one lost, number two lost twice, three, five, six, eight, nine, ten, 11, 17, 19, 21, 23, 25 all lost. they all lost at least once. so I don't know who's good. I have no idea who's good. I think BYU is really good. BYU lost their first two conference games in the Big 12. Now, they did win a road conference game on uh, Saturday at Central Florida, who had just knocked off Kansas. I don't know who's good. I think BYU's good. I think Purdue is good. I don't know about Houston. I don't know about Illinois. I thought they were good for a little while. Now I'm wavering on that. Kansas. Kansas should be good. Is Kentucky really good? I think they're getting better, but they can't rebound. And they've given up a lot of points in their last three games. Their defensive efficiency has dropped dramatically they got to get back to playing some defense. They're going to score. They scored 92 in a loss. I know it was overtime. It's still 92 points. So A&M beats Kentucky in College Station. Louisville loses at home to NC State after a terrific win at Miami. Unbelievable. Unbelievable game. I'm in a hotel in Florence watching the game on my on my iPhone. Unbelievable. Great win. Come home, good pretty good crowd from what I understand. I wasn't there Saturday, but pretty good crowd, loud crowd supporting the team and they're down I don't know 14 with two just over 2 minutes to play. Cut it to 3 with 52 seconds. Couldn't get it done. And Indiana, Friday night, that was that was lunch pail, a lunch pail game. Show up, do your job, be the team you're supposed to be. Led by 10 at halftime. We're, were never really challenged. Now you got Purdue tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on wait for it. Peacock. <laughs> Big Ten fans, Indiana fans, Purdue fans, if you're listening. Just get used to it. You might as well order Peacock. I don't know how much it is, $7 a month, $10 a month, whatever it is. You might as well order it because the Big 10 football, we learned, and now Big 10 basketball. This is the this is the future. This is it. You you're just going to buy what you want to stream, whether it's Peacock, Paramount Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, whatever you want, you're just going to buy it. no No more package. I got DirecTV, but now I use DirecTV Stream. I stream everything on my DirecTV. I do have Peacock. My daughter bought Peacock for our home. Because she wanted to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think I think that's it. Brooklyn Nine Nine, the Andy Samberg show. That's why she bought it. So I get the advantage of well, if you want it, if you want that, you got to buy that. She does now. I get Big Ten basketball and football advantage. Me and the Miami Kansas City uh, playoff game. All right, uh, Alabama's got a new football coach. We'll talk about that. Uh, The Patriots are still looking. Will Belichick land up in Dallas? Who knows? We'll talk about that. And a lot of other stuff to talk about, including how cold it is outside. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Again, 812-786-0469. Welcome back, Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Carnage. John Spears in studio on this very cold Monday morning slash afternoon. It is uh, twelve degrees Whew. right now. Don't worry though; it's getting up to nineteen before the day's over. Ninety percent chance of snow. Uh, it looks like one o'clock snow flurry. Snow. Okay, I, I got to get out of here, Dave. I got a long ride home. At least a 10 minute ride home. Um, 19 tomorrow, 31 Wednesday, the heat wave gets here. A week from Wednesday, 50. Yeah, 50. Welcome to the Ohio Valley. Unbelievable. Crazy. Eminem Courage Hotline is open, 384 1450, 502 384 1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, the Thornton's text line opens as well. Get your text into the show at 502 414 1450. It is good to be back. I'm not going to lie. Not a lot to do in Florence, Alabama or Conway, Arkansas. I did sit at the hotel bar in Conway, Arkansas and watch the Indiana game Friday night um, with uh, a few people. So that was fun, I guess. But uh, it's good to be back again. I'll be here all week this week, all week next week. I've got uh, Bellerman game Saturday at Richmond, Eastern Kentucky. So we don't have to head down there until Saturday sometime early afternoon, I'm guessing. Uh, so I'll be here for the Sanex San mail game, which will be on one of our networks Friday night. And uh, I'll be in Richmond Saturday for the Bellerman game. I'll be at, San, at Holy Cross tomorrow night to watch sanex play. Wednesday, I get to watch the cats and the cards on TV. Very excited. Cards got Carolina. Oof. Oof. By the way, Ohio State leads Michigan fifteen thirteen midway through the first half in Ann Arbor. All right. Um. Texas A M ninety seven. Kentucky ninety two. It was a fun game. I guess I got to watch most of it before uh, the Bellman game. There's a bad rule in the NCAA and they brought it in just a couple years ago. It's not that old of a rule. If there is a goal ten call, and I saw it once in a Bellarmine game this year, if there's a goal ten call, the play continues until the next media timeout or the next timeout and then they review it. Kentucky and and look, you can look at a million plays during a game to see what happened. But Kentucky gets a basket awarded to them on a defensive goaltend by Texas A&M. Play continues. We, We go on and they review it. They say, well, it wasn't goaltending. And it wasn't. No doubt about it. It was not goaltending. That part of the rule I have no problem with. The problem is Kentucky had the offensive rebound Onyenso uh, had the rebound and had an easy putback. There was nobody there to stop him. So they were going to get two points. But the goaltend was called, which stops the play. And then later, you reverse the goaltend. But Kentucky has no repercussion. That's two points they lost that they were going to get. There's got to be a review right away here. Right away. Because... They call the goaltend, AM gets the ball, right? Kentucky doesn't even get possession of the ball, which they should have gotten. They should have they should change the rule where you review it right away and you say that was not goaltending. Kentucky got the rebound. Now you're not going to give Kentucky the points that Yenzo was going to score. You can't assume that. He might miss a dunk. He might, you know, fall down and trip out of bounds. You can't assume that, but you can at least come back out and say, "Okay, we missed it. Let's give Kentucky the ball back." That's not what happened. Texas A&M got the ball on the call after the goaltend ten call. They went down. I don't know if they. I don't remember if they scored or not. But Kentucky lost a possession there because of an official's mistake, a correctable mistake. If they don't wait until the next timeout, go ahead and review it now. I mean, what are we doing? You have the technology. You have somebody in your head from New York, or somebody sitting over the table that can look at you in 10 seconds and say, that was not goaltending. Give Kentucky the ball. They had the rebound. Can't do it. Kentucky did miss. A, I think they really missed Saddu Thiero and his athleticism around the rim, his hunger for the basketball, his rebounding ability, Because as big as Aaron Bradshaw is, he can be pushed around. As big as Onyenso is, he's still clumsy. Big Z, I don't think is going to be the answer here. Trey Mitchell tends to stay away from the basket more than he is underneath the basket. So they need the arrow. I don't know how much longer he's going to be out, but they certainly could have used him in the rebounding area on Saturday. Kentucky got out-rebounded. It felt like by 100. They only got out-rebounded 54-46, to but they still got out-rebounded, and they're going to continue to get out-rebounded until Aaron Bradshaw gets stronger and doesn't get pushed around, or Onyenso can come in there and give them some rebounds, or Edwards gets in there, Mitchell gets in there, or Thierro comes back. Antonio Reeves continues to do his thing. 22 points. Early in that game, again, I thought he was going to score 40. He's just jacking up threes, going to the bucket, playing great. DJ Wagner had 18. He was good. Dillingham 15. Dillingham is still a, is he going to be good or is he going to be bad on this possession guy? Because I don't know. Uh, He's frustrating sometimes. Fun to watch. Reed Shepard, 13 points, six rebounds, three assists, hit the two free throws at the end. I remember the end of the Florida game. He just kept the ball in his hands, made them foul him, and was six for six at the line. That's all he did. And this this game, he gets the rebound. I think it was a rebound foul. In any event, it was double bonus anyway. And he just calmly went up there and didn't hit the rim twice. Just swish, swish. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. However, Wade Taylor the fourth, has 31. The other guard, Tyrese Radford, has 28. Kentucky's defense was really not good. And uh, A&M, who needed a win. Keep this in mind. A&M's 0-2 in conference. They were 9-6 overall. They were picked in the top three of the conference in the preseason. Everybody had, in some order or another, Kentucky, Tennessee, Texas A&M. Some, those three were the top three, period. And A&M struggled. They were 0-2 in conference. They were at home. They need a win. If I'm a Kentucky fan, I'm happy today. You're never happy you lose, right? You're never happy when you lose, especially a game you could have won. It's not like they got beat by 15. They lost in overtime. But you gotta feel good about this team. You gotta feel good. They got out rebounded. Um they got uh, you know, a team that is in the two the bottom two hundreds, two ninety something in three point shooting, hit twelve out of thirty two against you. They haven't shot that way all year long. So you're two and one in conference, you have a road win. Over Florida, you got Mississippi State coming to Rupp Arena on Wednesday, seven o'clock ESPN two. Mississippi State pulled one of the upsets this week. They won at home, at home against fifth-ranked Tennessee. So you got to have your guard up. You can't UNC Wilmington this one in. You can't play like you did against Missouri at home. You gotta you gotta defend Rupp Arena here if you're Kentucky. You got to play well at home because there are road games. You're you're probably not going to win. Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, if you play them on the road. I haven't looked at the schedule. But these are road games that you may struggle in. You've got to defend the house. If you want to be a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament, top-three seed, you have got to win your home games. And I don't care who you're playing. you got to win them. That NC Wilmington game, when when the committee – is meeting and putting the brackets together in early March, guess what? That game is going to come up. Nothing you can do about it now. You lost it. The only thing you can do now is win all your home games. Win your home games. Maybe win a uh, SEC tournament title. You, you take care of your own. You take care of your own at home. And if you win some road games, then they will, they'll win some road games in that conference. More power to you. But you got to win your home games. The Wilmington loss, it's, it's not going to help. It may not hurt a lot, but it's going to hurt a little bit. NC State improved to 12-4. and They beat Louisville 89-83. It was 83-69 with 218 to play. And I'm watching going, that's it. Ball game. Louisville got within three points twice. At the end of that game. And that's coming off a road win in Miami. <laughs> okay. Nightmare scenario for Louisville fan. Kenny Payne wins just enough games where Josh Hurd and the administration and the fan base, not, the, not all the fan base, but a certain faction of the fan base say, you know what? He deserves another year. Look at the improvement. What if they win 10 games? What if they win 12 games? I'm just saying what if. I'm playing the what if card. They're 6-10 now. And I've watched some of these conference games. There are some bad teams in the ACC. Did you watch Syracuse on Saturday? They stink. Notre Dame has won games in that conference. And Notre Dame was picked by the media and the coaches to finish below Louisville in the ACC. And Notre Dame has won games. That tells me. There are beatable teams for Louisville in the ACC, whether it's Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Boston College, Syracuse is terrible. There are winnable games. Kenny Payne won four games last year. What if he wins 12? What if he wins 12? 12 and 18, maybe win a game in the conference tournament. They played well enough at Miami, especially in the last four minutes, that, it, that if they're in games at the end, I think they expect that they have a, a good opportunity to win now. They're, they don't just say, well, how are we going to blow this game? Because that's what could have happened at Miami, and Louisville scored the last nine points of the game. They were good in the last nine minutes. I don't understand why uh, Mila jo- Jovovich, or whatever her name is, starts. I know it's Danilo, whatever. I don't know why he starts. He had no points. I don't know why Hersey Miller started this game. He didn't score. Trey White was back, came off the bench. I, you know, I understand he hasn't practiced. You can't really – I mean, you can start him, but maybe you have a philosophy where if a guy doesn't practice, he doesn't start. I don't know that, but perhaps that's it. But Hersey Miller and, and Jovanovic starting – for the Cards? How do they win? But they started Saturday. Neither guy scored. Neither one of them scored. Um, Mike James had 20. He was great at Miami. He was good Sunday, uh, Saturday. Curtis Williams 15. Curtis Williams has played well lately. Tyler Johnson, the freshman, had 14. Huntley-Hatfield double-double. Scott Clark, 10 points. Didn't Mess things up too bad. Cards didn't turn the ball over a lot. Uh, Only got out-rebounded by three. They still allowed 54% shooting by NC State. The Wolfpack hit 10 of 23s. Louisville, by the way, hit eight out of 15. So nothing wrong with that. Um, Six missed free throws. That'll hurt you a little bit. But all in all... They couldn't stop D.J. Horn in the last the second half, really. He had 27. All in all, last two times out for the Cards, I'm shaking my head okay. They win a road game, they lose a home game. Weird. Now you go to Carolina Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. ACC Network. Good luck. I don't know what the spread's going to be. Hopefully I'll have it Wednesday, but... uh, Carolinas look pretty good. Now, again, Syracuse was terrible Sunday or Saturday. Syracuse is just – Jim Boeheim knew what he was doing. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, retire. Yeah, good job. Good idea. Carolina 103, Syracuse 67. Yikes. All right, quickly, Indiana beat Minnesota 74-62, 10-point lead at halftime. Uh, and Baco had 19 career high. Khalil Ware, what a find he was. 17 points, 14 rebounds. Renew had 16. Trey Galloway, 10.7 assists. Uh, they held Minnesota to 39% shooting, including 3 of 20 from 3. Uh, the Golfers also, also missed 11 free throws. Um, now you got Purdue tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Mackie Arena. No, 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 I'm sorry. It's in Bloomington. I take it back. In Bloomington. Uh, 7 o'clock on Peacock. Though they're, they're a much better team in Bloomington than they are on the road. So uh, I'll get to pick that one tomorrow. Very excited. Very excited. All right, we'll talk NFL playoff football. It was fun this weekend. It continues tonight. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. right here on The Big X. Spears for M&M Cartage. You see those trucks riding down the road with the M&M Cartage sign. You could be a driver or work as a mechanic on one of those trucks for 45 years. M&M Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by M&M Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Martin Luther King day. Michigan with a 29-22 lead over Ohio State. 420 left in the first half there in uh, Ann Arbor. Michigan went on a bit of a run there. Uh, Ohio State just hit a three to uh, stop the bleeding a little bit. 29-22 Michigan late first half in Ann Arbor over Ohio State. M&M hotline still open. 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Talk a little NFL football. Thornton's text line open as well. You can hit me up on the text line. 502-414-1450. Right, Cowboys, how about them Cowboys, 48-32, and it wasn't that close. Green Bay took the opening kickoff. They won the toss and said, we want the ball. Now, that's confidence against a Dallas defense that was good most of the year, but not good toward the end of the season. Remember Dan Quinn? Oh, defensive guru. He's going to be a head coach. Again, he was former Atlanta Falcons head coach when they lost the Super Bowl, blew the Super Bowl against New England. And Tommy, he's been great as Dallas' defense coordinator. But the last few weeks, they have not been good. And man, did Green Bay expose that defense yesterday. Took the opening kickoff, which was surprising. I know the philosophy here. Matt Lafleur said, look, we're going to take the ball. We like our offense. We like our young receivers. Jordan Love has been great the last half of the season. We're going to go down and score. But Dallas had to be thinking, you want the ball? Great. We want you to have the ball. We want our defense on the field. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because Jordan Love took him 75 yards right into the teeth of that Dallas defense. It was seven to nothing, fourteen nothing, twenty to nothing, twenty-seven to nothing. Before the Cowboys could breathe, Dak Prescott threw a lot of interceptions last year. Went back to his old ways yesterday. Pick six at the end of the half. There now, Dallas did get on the board before halftime to cut it to twenty-seven to seven, but it was twenty-seven to seven. And he almost had two pick sixes. Jair Alexander intercepted it and got up and ran in, the, and he got touched while he was down barely. Or, or Dak has two pick sixes. C.D. Lamb was not good. Jair Alexander, who was nursing a bad ankle, did a great job on him all day long. Pollard ran a little bit, but not enough. And Dak Prescott was terrible. He might be the MVP this year. He's going to get MVP votes. He is. He had a great regular season. But Mike McCarthy is now 12-5 and five, three years in a row. 12 wins three years in a row. And can't win a playoff game. And Jerry Jones is not a patient man. He's not a patient man. So I don't know how long Mike McCarthy has. I, if I had to guess and this is just pure speculation I think Jerry Jones is on the phone with Bill Belichick. Three weeks ago, I said, and Tony Burke sat on this seat and agreed with me, who who would want Bill Belichick? He hasn't won anything since Brady left. They always have good defense, terrible offense. His player personnel moves since Brady left leave a lot to be desired in New England. They, he couldn't get anybody to come play there once Brady left. Everybody wanted to play in New England when Brady was the quarterback because Brady was the quarterback. Nobody wants to go to New England to play now because Mac Jones is the quarterback or Bailey Zappi is the quarterback. Those guys are fine, but they're not Tom Brady. Do I want to play in a dome or do I want to play in Los Angeles or Las Vegas? Or down south in Miami, or do I want to go to New England and play in Foxborough, in the where it's you know twenty seven degrees in November? Can Bill Belichick still coach? Uh, probably. But the question three weeks ago was, nobody is anybody going to watch Bill Belichick, and the answer was no. Now everybody wants Bill Belichick. Carolina wants him. Atlanta wants him. Is Dallas going to want him? Is Dallas going to want him? Or if Buffalo gets beat today, are they going to want him? Come on, we've seen what you've done in our own division. Come on in. What if the Eagles get beat tonight? Is Nick Sirianni gone? That sounds crazy. He was in the Super Bowl last year. They were 10 and 1 this year. Now they're 11 and 6. Now he's on the hot seat. He finished second behind Dallas, who just got walloped in the division. Now they they have a road game in the playoffs. They were going to be the number one seed. Everybody knew it. It was going to be between Philly and San Francisco. And they fell apart. What if they lose tonight? Is Jeffrey Lurie the owner say, we're done with Nick Sirianni, let's bring in Belichick. Belichick's going to have a job. That's the bottom line. Where's it going to be? Because Jerry Jones doesn't like to give up much control. And Bill Belichick wants all the control. He wants player personnel control. He wants to be the GM, along with being the coach. Dallas never had a GM because Jerry Jones has been the GM. Man, I'm telling you. The shots of him in the luxury box in Dallas yesterday were priceless. It's funny how his son doesn't even look at him when they're losing. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear it. And I would love to know, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. How many times did Jerry say, we're getting rid of this coach? We can't have this anymore. Twelve wins in the last three regular seasons, no playoff wins. It is a NFC Championship game drought of unprecedented proportions in Dallas. We've never seen anything like it. It is just an assumption now that they're going to lose in the playoffs or they're not going to make the playoffs, one or the other. They were so bad yesterday. It was 48-16 to 16 at one point. They got two touchdowns and two two-point conversions to make the at least the scoreboard look not so bad. But that's a seven-seed Green Bay team with a – Quarterback in his first playoff game who had a near perfect rating, perfect quarterback rating against a defense that's supposed to be pretty good. Keep an eye on these teams that limp into the playoffs. Dallas limped into the playoffs. They did. Miami limped into the playoffs. Baltimore put a 58 spot up on them, 58, 59, whatever it was. Miami limped into the playoffs. If they win a home game on the last weekend of the regular season against Buffalo, they're the two seed. They lose. They're the sixth seed. They go to Kansas City. It wasn't a game. 26-7 to seven was the final. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. It was four degrees. It was 20-something below wind chill. That is not where Miami wants to play. It's not. And they were exposed again. Again. Dallas limped into the playoffs. Big win over Washington in the final week of the season on the road. I'll give them that. Before that, not good. Miami, not good down the stretch. You know who's been good down the stretch? Green Bay has been really good. I made a huge mistake when I picked Dallas in this game because I said on this program many times, first weekend of the playoffs, super wild card weekend, take the points. Three of the four games covered by the underdog. Two of them were winners, Houston and uh, Green Bay. And the Rams covered that game last night, even though they lost by one. Take the points. So today, that means Pittsburgh, and that means Tampa Bay. Take the points. I'm taking Pittsburgh, and I'm sticking with Philly for the show, although I told you I've already bet Tampa Bay. Who's hot going into the playoffs? Guess who's hot? Buffalo. They've won five straight. They were 6-6 six and six at one time. Now, 10's still a big number, but I don't expect them to lose this game to Pittsburgh. Guess who else is hot going into the playoffs? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's hot going in. Who's not hot? Philadelphia. Who's not hot? Tampa Bay's not hot. They could have clinched by winning on, on the final day of the regular season. They won 9 to nothing over Carolina. They didn't score a touchdown. But they won. So I guess maybe they are hot? Question mark? Game of the weekend was Detroit and Rams. So far, game of the weekend. 24-23. That atmosphere last night at Ford Field. I texted Tony Burke during the game. This is an unbelievable football game. That was during the first half. Detroit only got a field goal in the second half. Luckily, they only needed a field goal in the second half. Jared Goff was great. Matthew Stafford was great. By the way, when a guy hits his head on the turf, he's got to go into concussion protocol. When his eyes roll back in his head, he looked like Tua last year. But he did the smart thing if he wanted to keep playing. He got up and held his ribs. Ran off like he had a rib injury. They took him in the tent. They checked on his, I'm air quoting here, ribs. Sent him back out there. I don't think, I I think he had a concussion. But I think he fooled the referees. Got into the tent. Didn't have to go through concussion protocol. And got back out there. By acting like. Something else was hurt, not his head. And he was a warrior last night. Stafford was great. They just couldn't score in the red zone. Settled for three field goals and only two touchdowns. And how good is Puka Nakua? 180-plus yards receiving. That guy's a fifth-round draft choice out of BYU. He should be Rookie of the Year. C.J. Stroud's going to win it, and I get it. Pukunakua, name to remember. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big X.